Listeners are advised, this podcast contains coarse language, themes of an adult nature, and inappropriate thoughts about boy bands. And inappropriate thoughts by boy bands, motherfucker. Hello. Oh. Yeah, that's already happened. That's already happened. Okay, we're, we're sorry. We're coming in after that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm along. Welcome. It's good to be back. It's always good to be back. Welcome to the I'm with the Boy Band podcast with myself, Zoe Linkson. And me, Amy Long. We are your resident boy bandologists. And your hosts for this fabulous boy band podcast. Uh, and we are here with, um, I want to call it a novella. It's oh. like, it's the longest story ever. Isn't a novella a small novel? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So it's, feel... when you normally would say novella, you would be saying it's just a short book. But yeah. when you're talking about a podcast, a short book's quite long. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, um, you know, I'll explain it all. Let's mm. get into it. Let's go yeah. straight into it right now. Great. Let us begin. So back, Amy, you're in for a wild ride. I'm ready. I'm so excited. It's not quite as wild as the neutrons. Um, so let me begin by saying how I came to the huge number of boy bands that we're about to go through. Oh. We're going to fire through this this week. So I thought, I'm going to do a new boy band. So I I wanted to do a current boy band. Yeah. One of the boy bands that you were constantly saying to me, who's this on our Instagram? So they're social media friendly, they're all over the place, and but they're of the now. And as I started researching the boy band that I'd chosen, yeah. I kept going back and it would take me back to another boy band and then back to another boy band right. and back, 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 back. You so basically fell down a hole, didn't you? I completely rabbit holed. <laughs> so we begin in 1979. Blair Lee... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a minute. Okay. It's the birth. It's fine. It's not a 1979 boy band. Okay. Blair Lee Joey Drillen was born in 1979 in Taplow, Buckinghamshire, to Joseph and Sylvia Dreeland. Uh, following the deaths of both his parents when he was young, Blair was raised by his grandmother, Christina, in nearby Windsor. Mm. Having made the decision that he was going to be famous, he enrolled onto a course at East Berkshire College for a national diploma in performing <laughs> arts. Did you say Berkshire? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Berkshire. Oh, <laughs> suddenly <laughs> scone scone sorry he went to east berkshire what now <laughs> college okay for a national diploma in performing arts okay uh, he lived in a bedsit and paid his own way yep and on completing his course he set about building himself a boy band oh he'd heard about a guy working in a local store who might be interested in joining him so he probably headed out his bmx with his cap turned backwards mm. i completely made that bit up and in no time at all, he had signed up Daniel Moore, who was four years younger than Blair, but in a tale as old as boy band Dipperty itself, Daniel was perfect for Blair's blossoming boy band because Daniel happened to also be from Taplow. <laughs> Basically, he just found the nearest guy that could sing <laughs> and want to be in a boy band, mate. Okay. With one bandmate recruited and money on his mind, Blair joined another boy band and in an act of subterfuge, because his sole intention was poaching member Mark Garthwaite from them. Uh, with his bleached blonde spiky hair, Mark hailed from Grimsby in the northeast of England, 
a town famous for churning out fish. Yes, it is. As the threesome began vocal training in London, they were joined by a friend of Blair's that he'd met at college called Christian Briant, who, because boy band Dippity and geography are like the same thing, he had grown up close to Blair and Dan in Ascot, oh. which was famous for churning out big hats. I know all these places. <laughs> They're literally very, where very well. we used to record the podcast before yeah. Amy moved. Yeah. With their lineup almost complete, but a strong belief that boy bands come in fives. They went in search of another member via a series of, of auditions, but this failed to find them the right guy. And because they couldn't just be like, fuck it, we'll be a four like the Beatles, they asked around some vocal trainers for suggestions, and through this they ended up with Glenn Higgins, who was from Chertsey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another town near where I'm from. <laughs> cool. Finally, a fully formed boy band in the progress were signed up by Chris and Bob Herbert, the management company that put together the Spice Girls, Five, and signed Hearsay. Okay, so I know Chris Herbert, and his I know his sister as well. Never met their dad. He died before I... Well, we did this in the final yeah. episode, but yeah, I know Chris. Yeah, That leadership is probably an indication of how they come to be a five-piece called Fourth Base. That's base spelt B-A-5-E. Oh my god. I've never heard of this boy band. In 2004, they auditioned for X Factor. So, whoa. Okay, this is post Spice Girls. Yes. Okay. This was a year that brought us such boy band greats as Fortune, with a four, Mm. Advance, and G4, who were granted not a boy band. Fourth Base made it through to Boot Camp. Although, as hard as I've tried, I can't find them on the show that was broadcast. Uh. They definitely did. They didn't progress out the mass audition stage. Okay. Which crushed all their boy band dreams. I bet. Or did it? Oh. In 2005, they auditioned for X Factor. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. And made it through to boot camp. Where Still the... called fourth base at that yes. point. Okay. Uh, they made it through to boot camp where the group's mentor that year was Simon Cow. Their fellow boy bands that year were... Fortune, yes, again. again. Uh, the brothers, who weren't actually brothers, and Journey South. Right, Journey South, I remember. They were the two blonde guys from... Yeah, and you remember the brothers, because there was four of them and none of them were related. I, I don't, but... They're, when we did the X Factor episode, okay. it was they argued at boot camp and split into two duos. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, fourth base survived boot camp day one with an a cappella version of Never Gonna Dance Again, which they used to great effect by not dancing. <laughs> uh, by day two, with the boy band competition getting tense, they dismissed their rivals by saying, they don't want to see pretty boys anymore. Do they want a bunch of dolphins or do they want a bunch of Dobermans? I mean, I'm calling dolphins uh, <laughs> every day. Okay. At boot camp, they were challenged by Cal to learn a new song, but fourth base forgot the words so badly that I can't even tell you what they were trying to sing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Despite this, they made it through to the judges' houses and the boys got a free holiday at Simon's house in Spain. Oh, Spain. He normally takes them to Barbados or (laughs) LA. Spain. They sang Elton John's Your Song as their audition. Well, Mark sang and the others oohed a bit. Uh, Dressed in matching outfits of black shirts and jeans, they forgot their words again and they didn't make it through to the finals, losing out on the boy band spots to Fortune and Journey South. Can I just say... Did Mark forget the words, or did the other boys forget how to ooh? Um, 
Mark forgot the words. <laughs> Mark. Damn you, Mark. You bad band leader. Uh, the next year, 2006, they supported Westlife on their UK and Ireland oh. face-to-face tour. Just a moment to boo Mark from Westlife. Boo. <laughs> um, and I'd like to say this was finally their big break. But later that year, they auditioned for X Factor. <laughs> I just can't even. <laughs> Where they made it through to boot camp. Oh my God. This year's group's mentor is Louis and Kian Egan from Westlife. Uh, you know, the boy band they just spent two months touring with. Their big obstacle this year, though, was their main rival boy band they were up against were The Avenue with Max George. Oh. And then they, they just disappear because I've scoured every second of footage from boot camps and they're just not there. In fact, the only evidence that they went to boot camp at all is a Sunday People article about the constant shagging that happens at boot camp hotels where it refers to Brad Dreeland getting it on with one of the girls from a group called the Dolly Rockers. They did make it through to the live finals. Okay. Um, they didn't even manage to get the space that was vacated by Avenue, who were eventually disqualified for having a management contract already in place. I remember that, yeah. Uh, but the 2007 auditions are most notable for being the year that Blair spotted 14-year-old Josh Cuthbert and his boy band, The Young Hearts, at the auditions. Mm. But more of that in a bit. Mm. Uh, and then it goes fairly quiet for fourth base. In 2000, they're listed among some acts playing at Party on the Pitch in Hillsborough. Uh, it was headlined by Liberty X and Journey South. And they topped off their year by... Okay, redo that. Make a note of that time. And they topped off the year of taking the world by storm with performance at the Christmas light switch on in Stevenage and in Middleton, which is a suburb of Manchester. But before the year was out, fourth base would be no more. Oh. Uh, Three of them split off with Mark, Glenn and Blair, who is now going by the name Sparks for fuck knows what reason. Uh, That's Sparks, S-P-A-R-X. They formed a new (laughs) boy (laughs) band. Amy. Sorry. I mean, it could be worse. He could have gone for SP4RX. Okay. Uh, they formed a new boy band called M4. Mm. They recruited 19-year-old... Like the motorway. Coming to that. Good. <laughs> uh, they recruited 19-year-old Johnny Fraser, who was originally from Edinburgh, but who had lived in Tenerife since the age of 13, where he used to sing in hotels and bars and supposedly won Tenerife Idol, mm. although Google denies such a thing exists. I mean, that sounds like something that probably went around the holiday camp yeah. in Tenerife. He, uh, Johnny moved back to England in 2007 and auditioned for the new boy band. At some point along the way, young Josh Cuthbert, mm-hmm. who Blair had spotted at the X Factor auditions, he either was or wasn't a member of M4 as well. It's kind of vague because mm. later on, Josh goes on to bigger things and his history becomes a bit more media friendly. Okay. Uh, so he either was or wasn't a member of M4, <laughs> or he was and he was replaced by another new boy called Mark Hughes. I mean, mate, I either was or wasn't a member <laughs> <Right>. of M4. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, we uh, Well, you were replaced by another new boy called Mark Hughes, who, okay. who went by the name MJ. Mark Hughes played for Man United in the Same 90s. guy, yeah. absolutely. Cool. So our lineup is Mark Garthwaite, who's now 23, mm. Glenn, who's now 25, mm. Blair, a.k.a. Sparks, <laughs> who is now 29, mm. MJ and Josh, who's 18. Yes, that's right. M4 are a five-piece. For 
fuck's sake, why can't they count? M4 stood for Michael Jackson forever, but also their local main road that led to the rehearsal studio. Was the M4? Which would come in handy should they ever get lost coming back from an X Factor audition. <laughs> oh my God. MJ forever. No, not, not MJ forever. What year was this? Uh, 2000 and... Seven-ish. So pre-MJ dying. Okay, got it. Uh, by 2010, M4 have taken the Pullman route of moving to Germany, where their manager, Dieter Weissner, was from. Dieter had previously had some hand in Michael Jackson's management team, oh and it was through him that they were booked to perform at Joe Jackson's birthday party in Cannes. Uh, and there's video of this on YouTube. Uh, maybe sensing that he's now approaching 31, that the boy band life may not be for him, Blair has begun to concentrate his time on songwriting and through that he writes a song called Shout for England, which became the unofficial England World Cup song in 2010, which was sung by Dizzy Rascal and James Corden. Shout, shout, let it all out. Shout for England, no. Yeah, it was. Was it? Was it? A cover, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it debuted at number one. Uh, and now I think we need to explain what the fuck a World Cup song is for... Our international listeners. So the World Cup of football takes place every four years. And for some reason, England get... It used to be the football team, which was atrocious. They used to get the football team that had made it... for the FA Cup as well. Yeah, to sing a song for the World Cup, which would become the fans' theme. And then... Oh, the John's... That World in Motion was a fucking brilliant song. that's true. So two great ones. World in Motion and Three Lions. Yeah. And also Vindaloo. Vindaloo was, was never an official World Cup song, no. but a great World Cup song. Sure. But it's basically, it's songs about football and being a football fan. Mm. Uh, in November 2010, M4 released a single called Sick and Tired. Don't know where it charted. Don't believe it charted. Mm. Uh, in March 2011, our hero, Blair, finally makes tabloid headlines. Oh. Because X Factor winner Matt Cardle has stolen his girlfriend Sarah whilst she was dancing with him on tour. Oh dear. Sarah had been a regular dancer on the X Factor where she'd first met Matt. And in the depths of his heartbreak, Blair vowed to never have anything to do with the show again. Oh. Is he lying though? Listener. (laughs) He's lying. Uh, Side note. In 2012, Sarah is in the tabloids yet again when the son accused her of being the reason for Myling Class splitting up with her husband, uh, Graham Quinn. Uh, Sarah denied it at the time, but the pair went on to get engaged in 2015. What's Sarah's surname? Uh, Don't know. Okay. Didn't write it down. The best thing about the X Factor season that Matt Cardle won, other than the fact that it was the one that One Direction um, were, were found on is that when he won, Harry Styles, a 17-year-old Harry Styles, or maybe 16-year-old Harry Styles, leaned into his ear and whispered, just think of all the pussy you're going to get. Shut up! Yes, (laughs) and there was a tight close-up on Matt Cardle's face. (laughs) Everyone lip-read what Harry said. I mean, that must have been Harry Styles' first lesson in what not to do when there's a camera on you. Just think of all the pussy you're going to get. Everyone went, oh, Harry... Harry, Harry, Harry. Yep. Um, At the same time as Blair's love life is imploding, another boy band making big things not happen are Boulevard. Um, And I know this is starting to get a little bit like its own String Theory episode, all in its, but just stick with me here. Okay. Um, The Boulevard are Irishman Andrew Rice from Dundalk, home of the cause. I know this name. Oh. Maybe you know more than me because it doesn't 
he's not a regular appearance. Okay. Uh, Ryan Davies from Castle Blaney, who had previously been in a boy band called Closure. Hmm. Uh, and Brits Alistair J and Josh Cuthbert. Oh. Uh, if you're not making notes, this is the young lad Blair met at X Factor in 2007. Who and went who on was, to be in M4. Was or wasn't in M4. <laughs> okay. Uh, Boulevard R. Boulevard? Boulevard. I'm going English pronunciation. Boulevard. Are handpicked by Louis Walsh to support Boyzone and Westlife on tour. Oh, boo. Mark from Westlife, boo. Uh, they've been formed two and a half years Earlier, after meeting through mutual friends, that's the two Irish lads, uh, Josh was the most experienced boy band, having previously been in another boy band called West End Boys. Oh, that rings a bell too. In April 2011, while still technically a member of M4, Blair sends out some song demos to E17. Now, E17 had reformed in 2006 for a one-off show, uh, and Tony Mortimer dropped out after that show and the remaining members had continued touring together. Yes. Uh, five years on, our favourite EastEnders are now planning a proper reunion and Brian Harvey's gone and Tony Mortimer is now back. Yes. Uh, and they're looking for new material to record. Okay, because Tony and Brian had a big fallout. Oh, yeah, they weren't mates. No. Um, liking the sound of Blair's voice and the songs that he sent them, they invited to him to join them to replace Brian. Oh. Uh, he was being dumped because of his commit commitment issues. Um, and so they announced their second reunion in May 2011 with Blair Drillen in the lineup as their lead singer. Wow. Uh, Blair Drillen performed with them in Russia in front of 30,000 people. But Blair had to leave E17 within a few months after they discovered he had some contractual issue- issues with his previous boy band. And I can't quite narrow down which one of his boy bands it was, <laughs> but I'm guessing it's M4 as that right. was his last active one. Yeah. Uh, E17 had to scrap an entire album worth of songs with his vocals oh on. Oh my God. And it appears to be at this point, now at the age of 32, that Blair decides he would go into management and so formed a company called Alpha Dog Management. Okay. Uh, in October 2011, M4 released an album called Beg, Steal and Borrow, uh, 16 original songs still available on eBay if you're thinking of Christmas gifts. No. Um, and although Blair's still on the artwork, he's definitely no longer a member at this point and he's now concentrating on his songwriting and management. I mean, I think he is. Who really knows what the fuck's going on with his life at this point, to be honest. <laughs> <coughs> Meanwhile, over in Ireland, the Boulevard released their single 100 Times but it's been a long six months of them and they have replaced Josh Cuthbert and Alistair with two Irish lads called Barry Maguire and Jamie Duffy. Okay. Uh, over at the 2011 X Factor auditions, four childhood friends from Luton, Lee Wilby, Jason Brock, Jamie Hensley and Billy Ashley, who make up a boy band called Brooklyn, scrape through the auditions and into boot camp before being eliminated in a mass cull before the boot camp even began. Jason Brock went on to audition for Let It Shine. You've just ruined the end of this week's episode. (laughs) Good. Yeah, he supported Gary on tour, yeah, last year. Sorry, continue. Again, you've just ruined the end of this. Um, 2011 was basically a fire in a trash can for the boy bands in this story. And so it is that in October 2012, the Maidenhead advertiser reports that Former E17 singer Blair mm-hmm. Julian mm-hmm. is managing current X Factor finalists Union J. Oh. Uh, before we move on to Union J story proper, I'm going to tie up some loose ends with 
the what they did next for the 57 boy bands we've had so far. Yeah. Um, fourth base, uh, Mark Garthwaite went solo and under the guidance of Michael Jackson's former manager, Dieter Weissner, he was signed to Sony and heavily linked to the Jacksons for his recording, much in the same way that the Neutrons were in mm. that episode. Um, Glenn Higgins is now a fitness trainer. In October 2008, Christian Briant, along with his twin brother, Emil, robbed a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Slough at gunpoint. Hitting one employee with a gun, he threatened to put his hand in the deep fat fryer if he didn't open the safe. After being told that they didn't have the key, they grabbed money from the tills before fleeing, and Christian was jailed in December 2008 for six and a half years. Uh, and guns, Dan, guns in the UK, no. Uh, Dan Moore, who's the fifth member of Fourth Base. <laughs> uh, I can't find any information on him. Really hard to Google, yeah, Google the name Dan, Dan Moore. Moore yeah. um, M4, Johnny Fraser, Tenerife Idol. Mm-hmm. He still lives in Germany, where he appeared in their version of The Voice in 2013, okay. but was eliminated in the battle rounds. And since 2014, has performed as an act called JNS with his girlfriend Selena who he met whilst in M4, and she was in a girl group called Queensbury. Uh, the Boulevard released a single in Ireland called 100 Times in 2011. Um, Alistair J went on to join a band called Eli Prime, who appeared on The X Factor in 2012, and Jamie Duffy was last seen modelling for Callum Best's clothing line in 2013. Um, that's a roundup of those boy bands. Is that too short? To, is that too short to cut off there? Maybe a bit. Yeah, it just... Um, okay, I'll carry on. So, we return to our X Factor addict. <laughs> um, back in 2011, uh, in the brain of a man called Julian White, he had decided that this was the year the world was waiting for a new boy band. Okay. Um, so, Julian White, he's, a, he's a new... Sorry, he's a new, new character. character so, this, this is like... So, this is season two. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, apparently Julian was oblivious to Blair Dreeland's entire fucking existence up till yeah. now, and, you know, the as, boy bands were a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julian Brainwave probably had very little to do with the fact that One Direction had just taken the X Factor by the Sean Girlies. Yes. Um, Julian just sensed the time was right for a boy band, okay? Oh, sensed it, yeah. Uh, Julian, <laughs> was the, <laughs> Julian was the son of Bruce White, who was the founder of Creole Records, oh. the label that brought the world Boney M. Wow. Uh, Julian placed ads in the stage and online as well as at the Brit School. Um, at the same time as he was forming his boy band, a songwriter called Casey Monroe was thinking of doing much the same, primarily as a, a showcase for her songwriting skills. Julian had been Casey's manager before she moved into songwriting um, and with her songwriting partner, who was called Ian Kerno, also on board, the three amigos had the makings of a hit management team. Um, so from the audition tapes that they received, they narrowed the possibilities down to 300, along with a boy Casey had been had seen performing in a band called Boulevard, Josh Cuthbert. Josh gets everywhere. Uh, Casey further whittled down the 300 to 20, and then she chopped and changed around the lineup, much like Simon does on The X Factor, where he's like, you go here and yeah, you go yeah. here, um, choosing her ideal five-piece, which was Josh Cuthbert along with uh, JJ Hamlet, Jamie Hensley, who was in Brooklyn, uh, Billy Humphreys, his mate, and Mark, who had no surname, apparently. Um, <laughs> Julian wasn't happy with Mark with no name, and after another round of auditions, he swapped Mark for a boy called Ben Whedon. 
Uh, and so it shall be recorded in boy band history that a new boy band called Rewind were born. Okay. Rewind. Josh Cuthbert was born in Portsmouth in 1993. And after a stint living in Singapore, he eventually ended up in Winfield, Berkshire, <laughs> which lies between Windsor and Ascot. Of course it does, yeah. How far from your old house, Amy? About two fucking minutes. Uh, as a youngster, he'd shone as a footballer and had been scouted by professional teams, including West Ham. And he attended the Charters School, which specialised in sport. That's in Ascot, yeah. That's where my friends went, yeah. He began singing in primary school in the Christmas production of Scrooge. His family at this point were unaware he could sing. And when his mum saw him in the school play, she immediately got him into stage school. <laughs> and he <laughs> he attended classes every Saturday morning before he'd go off and play football. Bloody uh, within a few months of starting stage school, he landed a part in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in mm. the West End, uh, where he appears alongside Jason Donovan. Stephen Gately and Christopher Biggins. <laughs> oh, who was also at the end, Juliet. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that my, the Max also correct have done them as Jason Donovan, Stephen Gateway and Christopher Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after nine months in the West End, he left Stagego and took up a place at the Silvery Young Theatre School on Saturdays. His football career was abruptly ended when one New Year's Eve he was shot in the hand with an air rifle at a family party. This is why Britain doesn't have guns. Losing the top of his thumb. Fuck. Wait, that stopped him from playing football? He was a goalkeeper. Got it. <laughs> uh, in 2007, just one year after his West End stage debut, X Factor began allowing under 16s to audition. That's right. And Josh signed up. Was this the same year that Liam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, he was 14 on his first Yeah, season. so I try to avoid going back and re-watching all the X Factor yeah. stuff because I rabbit hole too badly and yeah, then this would have taken another month. Yeah. Um, but I knew you'd know the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, in Josh's audition, in Josh's audition, Simon didn't like his song choice and told him to choose another one and Josh chose a boy's own song. Uh, he made it through to boot camp and although he didn't make it through as a soloist he was asked to join a group Simon had put together called the Young Hearts but the Young Terrible Heart- name but the Young Hearts didn't get through oh so they didn't make it past boot camp uh, in 2008 he joined his first boy band which I believe are the West End Boys like I said earlier Josh's mm. history is a little bit me- it's been made a little bit media friendly yeah. where it's kind of also there's so many articles about them it's hard to hard to pinpoint down the what was the, when yeah. fact, and he was in so many boy bands and none of it's dated um so, annoying. so in 2008 he joined his first boy band which faded fast and so he auditioned for X Factor again as a soloist but didn't get through the auditions. Right. He then began working with Blair Drillen and M4. Because uh, they liked auditioning as much as he did. Right. Uh, but he'd now started college and felt that the band wasn't really going anywhere and so he left. I just say he has a lot of foresight, our Josh. <laughs> Uh, he was then invited by 19 Management to audition for a band that were looking to sign with Universal. Mm. Uh, I think that was The Wanted. Oh. Uh, and with talk of them being moved into a house for boot camping, Josh was excited about their prospects. But once he was working hard with the band... Oh, no, I'll take it back. I've got a name here. I scrapped that whole entire bit. 
He was invited by 19 management to audition for a band that were looking to sign with Universal and with talk of them being moved into a house for boot camping, Josh was excited about their prospects. But once he was working hard with a band who were called Replay, he found he didn't really get along with the other guys and he made the decision to leave. Right. He was then invited to be in The Wanted... But as he was still under contract for replay at this point, he couldn't take up the place. Mm. His parents tried unsuccessfully to buy him out of the contract with replay so he could take the spot, but they it, it didn't go anywhere. So mm. he Josh has just missed out on what was possibly his actual... Big break. The boy band he should have been in. Yeah. Uh, next up for Josh came Boulevard, who had found him on Facebook and flew over from Dublin to meet him. He moved to Dublin and very soon after they got given a slot opening for Boyzone on tour... Mm. Not long after the tour, though, Boulevard fell apart. Uh, resigned to his musical career, never quite making it, Josh took up a job in IT and began being a normal. Oh, Josh. Then in 2011, he got a phone call from Casey Monroe about auditioning for a boy band down in Brighton. And he almost didn't go, Oof. but had it not been for being woken up early in the morning by a window cleaner and not being able to fall back to sleep. So he made the decision to drive down to Brighton and audition for another boy band. Right. 23-year-old J.J. Hamlet. Fucking autocorrect on this computer. 23-year-old J.J. Hamlet (laughs) was from Newmarket. His father had been a jockey in Scandinavia and his whole family worked with horses in the racing industry. They moved around a lot and much of his younger years he was changing schools, uh, though he did attend Soham Village College at one point where murderer Ian Huntley was caretaker. Yeah. Uh, by 14, he was riding out racehorses in training with his dad. And around that time, he also formed his first band at school, which was called Cloud Nine. It basically consisted of him and his two mates coming up with a name and then telling everyone they were in a band. And that was it. Oh. Um, at 16, he rode in his first horse race as jockey. Wow. And by his third ride, he had his first winner. He, Josh, um, JJ rode for five years and had 24 winners out of roughly 250 races. Wow. Uh, But in 2009, he handed in his licence and decided he wanted to go travelling. He struggled a lot with having to um, keep his weight down. He's 5 foot 10, so he's quite tall for a jockey. Very tall for a jockey. And very hard to keep his weight where he needed to be, so he gave up. Um, JJ's secret yearning, though, was to be a singer. Uh, He began making the two-hour drive to London for auditions and eventually got picked for a boy-girl group and moved into a house in London with him, although that actually came to nothing. Then, much like Josh, he got invited to audition for the band being put together by 19 Management. Mm. Only JJ didn't get in. He wasn't offered a place. And he returned home and started to earn a living training racehorses. Although he still harboured much bigger dreams of moving out of home into his own place. And he knew he wouldn't be doing that on just £270 a week. Yeah. Uh, Then his family were hit really hard by the death of his grandfather from cancer. So to lift their spirits his mum took the whole family on holiday to Turkey for a 50th birthday and it was whilst he was out there that JJ got an email inviting him to audition for a new boy band with enticement that one of the potential bandmates had auditioned for X Factor a few times Mm. and that man was 21 year old Jamie Hensley from Luton Right. the first time Jamie sang in public was with his choir uh, and his family would visit old people's homes performing for the residents Uh, When he was about six, he began attending Saturday morning drama class. This is a very familiar story (laughs) at this stage. By the time he reached secondary school, he was focused hard on his singing because he sensed that he had a real talent for it. 
He auditioned for Sylvia Young and was offered a scholarship for Saturday classes. Wow. He'd really wanted to go full-time, but the cost was kind of out of reach for his family. Yeah. But surrounded by full-time students, Jamie found that actually he wasn't as outstanding a performer as he thought, and so he started pushing himself to try and be as good as they were. Yeah. He felt he belonged at Sylvia's, and that was a lot to do with the attitude and acceptance of the fact that at the age of 14, Jamie came out as gay. Yep. Uh, in 2016, at the age of 16, Jamie auditioned for The X Factor, uh, but he didn't get past the first stage. He then began attending the Brit School, and just before Christmas that year, he saw a notice on the bulletin board for audition for a boy band. He didn't win a place in this, but he kept searching for boy band auditions. Uh, he found one boy band that were looking to replace a member, and he finally passed an audition and was now a member of a boy band called Code Red. Ah, he was trying to decide whether or not he could do the band and stay at Brit when he was told that Code Red would be supporting Westlife on tour. Right. Uh, but resentment... He loves supporting Westlife. <laughs> but resentment had started to set in and Jamie felt he was being pushed to the background because he was the youngest and the other guys were better looking than he was. It led to a lot of rows within the band and eventually Jamie left. He returned to the Brit school and completed his national diploma in performing arts. There we go. Can I just interject at this point yeah. to say that I just um, googled Josh Cuthbert to see which one of mm. he is, and now I understand why people were like being our boy band, being our boy band, being our boy band because he's the really boy band looking one. Yeah, I mean he's a very attractive boy, and if you've got a boy like that who can sing, you're gonna want him in your boy yeah. band. Yeah. Got it. I should have brought the book up for you. So I, I used two Union J books, one which was called Union J by Emily Herbert and, and then their official, um, 100% official Union J, which is the biography they wrote, which has got a lot of old pictures of them in it. So, you can, yeah, He's just looks really like a boy bander. Man, yeah. Um, who are we talking about? Jamie. This is... Jamie yes. Hensley auditioned for X Factor again in 2007. Uh, he eventually ended up auditioning for X Factor five times, oh. never quite making it through. Oh, Jamie. Uh, and so he started a job singing at a holiday camp. Uh, he played in gay bars, warming up for drag queens and entered competitions and auditions. But he soon began to feel quite dejected. Then he heard about an audition for a new boy band and decided he'd, he'd give it one last shot. Mm. The fourth member of Rewind was 24-year-old Billy Humphreys. He was a childhood friend of Jamie's from nearby Stevenage and together with two other friends, Lee Wilby and Jason Brock, they had auditioned for X Factor in 2007, as mm -hmm. we heard just now. Yeah. Uh, with newcomer Ben Whedon, the five quickly formed bonds uh, with JJ and Josh becoming firm friends and Jamie, Billy and Ben kind of forming their own thing as they rehearsed in Camberley, Surrey. I, uh, I might know that as well. <laughs> they rehearsed in studios that were owned by Doris Pearson from Five Star. Yes. Under Doris's guidance, they were showing signs of being destined for big things uh, as she worked on their vocals and choreography and their appearance. And Julian began considering which of his industry contacts to take them to. Uh, there was a buzz around them that was growing and Julian asked them to sign a heads of agreement, which is kind of a, a precursor to signing a, a management contract. Mm. Um, so yeah, Five Star lived in Camberley and I've worked with Denise. Oh, do you know, yeah. I've done my Five Star story before, haven't I? That Stedman from Five Star was caught flashing in the toilets opposite my school. No. 
Oh, how disappointing. Uh, Julian had asked them to sign a heads of agreement, but the boys weren't very keen on that. And with no contract, they were free to do as they wished um, with the band that Julian had put together and trained. Um, And the group had their eyes firmly fixed on entering the X Factor because, obviously. (laughs) Uh, The end started with JJ emailing Julian to say he was leaving the band. Oh. Um, An hour later, Josh sent an email saying the same thing. And then Jamie. Rewind were basically no longer a thing. Mm. Uh, before long, Julian got to the bottom of what was happening. And the what that was happening was Blair Drelin. <gasps> oh. Josh and Blair had met years earlier. And he noticed posts on Facebook of Josh in his new boy band. And he spotted that they were kind of good. Um, and Julian had also sent their demos over to Chris Herbert. Yes. Who set his former protege Blair the, track of ta- uh, the task of tracking them down. Uh, Julian and Casey's version of the story goes something like Blair approached Josh, Jamie and JJ with the idea of them doing X Factor and allegedly told Ben and Billy they could join in too if they dyed their hair. So, you know, the important things. Mm. Uh, Josh was divided because by now he was really close to Ben, but ultimately he joined Jamie and JJ forming a boy band called Dripple J. Dripple J. Fuck me. <laughs> Triple J. Forming a boy band <laughs> called Triple J under the... Management of X Factor auditioning expert Blair Drillen. <laughs> With their band in tatters, Ben and Billy were gutted. Uh, Billy gave up music altogether and Ben went on to join another boy band. Uh, Casey Monroe later said that if the boys had told her they wanted to audition for X Factor, that she'd have had no problem with them doing so. But I don't really think that was the actual issue. Right. Uh, the Triple J version says that since forming the boy band, nothing had really happened. They'd met together a handful of times, but by 2012, they'd not recorded together or played a gig. And one day, JJ called Josh and told him he really wanted to do X Factor. Mm. The two of them then recruited Jamie and Triple J was formed that way. And that the decision to do this came three days before the X Factor auditions. Right. In 2012, the X Factor rules had changed and now bands with management contracts could audition. Meaning the newly formed Triple J could take part without fear of going down the road of of what happened to Avenue who were disqualified from the competition for having a manager yes they set about rehearsing in that short period of time and their first public appearance came at the O2 in London in front of 10,000 people Louis Walsh Rita Rita Ora Tulisa and Gary Barlow yes Uh, wearing matching chinos they performed Rihanna's We Found Love and they got four yeses and progressed to boot camp there we go that was where they were to meet the group that Producers would pitch to viewers as their big rivals. Another three-piece boy band called GMD3. Mm. GMD3 were Greg West, Mickey Parsons and Dan Ferrari Lane. Greg, Mickey, Dan, GMD3. And they'd all met at Sylvia Young. I mean, where do they come up with these band names? I think NSYNC have got so fucking much to answer for. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Triple J, GMD, and like... Uh, they'd all met at Sylvia Young Theatre School and they were managed by Jane Collins, who had also managed The Wanted. Right. The programme really... Ah, pl- oh, GMD3, I remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The programme really played up the rivalry and put them together they on did. stage in a sing-off with moves like Jagger. Yeah. Uh, both bands were really much in need of improvement, but both made it through to the next day of auditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the sing-off that they first met a solo contestant in the unders category called George Shelley. George, yeah. 
Uh, sitting backstage with GMD3, George came into the room and told them the producers were trying to put him into a band. So the boys told him to sing for them and young George whipped out his guitar and sang. I need to drink. Sorry. It's okay. After a heavy night of drinking, they were back at boot camp to hear who would be going through to the next round when the judges made it clear that they couldn't pick between Triple J and GMD3 for the final spot in the groups. And so they put the two groups... Two groups? And so they put the two groups up against each other in a sing-off yet again. Uh, Triple J's rendition of Yeah, Yeah, Yeah wasn't good enough and they lost out in a spot to GMD3. Yeah. 18-year-old George Shelley came from Bristol. He had a large family with two brothers and a sister as well as five half-siblings. And his uncles were in a heavy metal band called Sunner who were signed to Virgin Records. His grandfather played guitar, accordion, harmonica... Moving around a lot as a kid, he'd found it hard to settle at school and was bullied a lot over his weight, which eventually culminated in him being homeschooled for a couple of years. He did, though, however, gain a graphic design qualification at college and set up his own little, his own little design company. Uh, in 2011, George started to really get into the X Factor because he had a bit of a thing for Little Mix. Oh. Uh, when he found out that there would be an audition in nearby Cardiff for the next series... George filled in an application and then just went about his life until one day he opened up his email to find that he'd been accepted to audition for the producers in three weeks' time. Wow. He panicked and then, with the help of a friend, began searching through songs he could perform and he got himself a singing teacher. <laughs> oh, George. Um, having made it through the preliminary rounds where contestants sing for the producer lectures yeah, team, yeah. George got the call that he'd be going to the live finals to audition on TV in front of the judges. He sang Britney's Toxic, accompanied himself on guitar and got yeses from Tulisa, Louis and Gary and he advanced to boot camp. Uh, little George sold his game consoles and piano to raise, to raise money to be able to restyle himself for boot camp because he felt he didn't look right. Oh, George. I love uh, George Shelley. I just want to put that out there. I think he's wicked. Uh, boot camp began with about 90 of the acts that had been invited back being cut before they even sang a note. And it was during this culling process that George first noticed Triple J. Basically, because when they got told that they were through, they cheered really fucking loudly right in front of all these other people who'd just been told, I'm sorry, you're going home. Oh, God. So they kind of stood out. Yeah. Um, At boot camp, they grouped George with a couple of other singers to perform with. Um, The bit where they, the three soloists audition on stage together, but not as a group, just singing parts of the same song. Um. They don't do that anymore, I don't think. Yeah, their song choice was a massive failure. Uh, Gary didn't approve. He said they'd chosen the song that was wrong for them. It was in the wrong pitch. And all three got sent home. But not quite. As he walked off stage, one of the researchers pulled George aside and told him one of the execs wanted to speak with him. He was told they wanted to put him into a group. And as the alternative for George was going to be going home, Right then, he agreed to go into a group. Mm. He was sat in a room alone and gradually joined by other contestants, male and female, and it became clear that this was going to be a mixed group. The next day, Tulisa approached him and said, look, there's two boy bands out there for you. I suggest you go and have a look and see what you think. Uh, Basically saying to him, actually, you're more suited to this and what they're trying to do with you. Yeah. 
Um, those boy bands were Triple J and GMD3, and that's where he went into the room and sang for them. Um, the next day, the boys and girls that had been pulled aside had been told they'd be auditioning as two mixed group. George auditioned in a foursome, but they lost out on a spot to a band called Rough Copy. Okay. Um, as George left the arena, he bumped into an also rejected and dejected Triple J, who'd also just been booted, and the boys swapped numbers and wished each other luck and went about their way then josh got a phone call of course josh got a phone call asking if the triple j boys would take part in some extra filming for the extra factor about what they've been doing since the audition um and they were told they were sending in ollie Murs as their enticement um on the day of filming oh God, josh noticed <laughs> on the day of filming josh noticed that none of the film crew worked for the extra factor but they were actually from the main X Factor show. Mm. So I don't know if the Americans have the same thing we do. So on the X Factor, we have a main show, mm. and then there's kind of a behind-the-scenes version where they do interviews and, and little clips of what's been going on at houses yeah. and stuff like that. There's a separate TV show. It's on, like, the sub-channel, isn't it? Yeah. So, But it's basically it's all done by complete entirely different team. Cruise, yeah. And he'd noticed that the team that they got weren't from this offshoot. They were from the main film crew. Mm. Um, then there was a knock at his front door and there stood Louis Walsh in all his little Irish gloriousness. <laughs> Hello, uh, Triple G. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like you to come back to X Factor. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. I'm just going to choke to death laughing at Amy. Louis. <coughs> no, I need a drink. Sorry. No. <laughs> Got something stuck, sorry. That's my fault for doing the Louis Walsh leprechaun thing. Every time I breathe in, I can't. Louis explained to them that her band had been kicked out. Oh, which This one? was rough copy. Oh. Um, because they yes. had an issue with one of the members' visa Visas. application to That's work right. in the UK. Um, and therefore, Triple J were going to judges' houses. And obviously, they went fucking nuts. Yep. Back in Bristol, George and the three other contestants he'd been set up with at boot camp had decided they'd continue working together mm. until one day George received a phone call from the X Factor. The researcher asked George if he was gutted when he didn't get through to boot camp, which kind of seems both a bit cruel and a little bit fucking obvious. Yeah, come on. Um, but the caller redeemed herself by asking George if he fancied going to judges' houses, oh. uh, further explaining that they were going to put him into a group and he'd be leaving in less than a week and George was going to join Triple J. This of course, because is... triple means four. Yes, Yes. In boy band speak, Amy. <laughs> yes, my bad. Yes. Um, but this is the bit I love about X Factor where they do that. I told you, didn't I, that I completely rabbit holed down to the entire season of Little Mix mm. about a week ago. When I started to, to try and do this research, yeah. I went off on a tangent yeah. and then rabbit hole for like seven hours yeah. into Little Mix videos. And oh, then I was kind of like, Amy, we can't, I, I've not finished. Yeah. I do like it when they do the bit about putting people in the group together, but I always felt like this was a weird one. To plonk one person into an already formed band seemed a bit unfair. I suppose, I wonder if it's because, so there was another three piece, so GMD3 had already gone through, I wonder if they wanted. Yeah, I don't know. And they admit that the, although although there were three piece, they weren't doing three piece harmonies, they yeah. were doing two piece harmonies, maybe they wanted to. Yeah, George is a great singer and a great performer. I love George's audition. I love George, but 
I just felt like it was a weird vibe to take a three piece that already were together and tight and everything to drop an extra member in. And I thought they were really gracious in accepting him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, a lot of reading their own biography, they're always like, oh, he fitted in straight away and it seemed like he'd always been there, which is kind of very much, uh, (laughs) this is the way you can... And then it, you know, Mm. turns around a little bit later on when things progress. Uh, they rehearsed hard for five days before joining the other groups and flying out to Las Vegas. Um, they discussed a new name with uh, the options coming up of Ace, The Lost Boys and Brick Lane all being rejected ideas. Uh, it was during a discussion about being proud of being British and George suggested Union Jacks. And that was how they came up with their new band name, Union, Union J. J. Question. Yes. Who else was in the group's category this year in Vegas at this point? GMD3, MK1, I can't remember who the other two were. Was there Duke? Possibly. I think Duke, my mates from Duke were in there. I I can answer I mean, it for you. I mean, I can have a look. You, go, you continue if I can find where I put my fucking phone. Yeah, just do the Wikipedia page for X Factor 2012. It'll give you a complete rundown. I'm not sat on your phone. I am. Uh, Union J's first time singing in front of anyone as a four-piece was their audition for Louis Walsh and Sharon Osbourne. Yes. Um, I haven't written down what they sang, but I really enjoyed it, so I've been quite shocked at myself. <laughs> um, they had to wait another twenty-four hours before they got a deci- decision on whether decision. they <laughs> on whether they'd go through to the live shows. And then on a Las Vegas rooftop, they were told, "I can't do the Irish accent. It kind of really needs it." <laughs> uh, I'll do it. <laughs> you're gonna just repeat after me like we're doing wedding vows. Uh, guys, we loved your first audition. We loved your first audition. We saw great potential. We saw great potential. George, putting you in was a bit of a gamble. George, putting you in was a bit of a gamble. <laughs> I think you fitted in very well. You fitted in. But there's an awful lot of work to be done and we haven't got months. We've only got weeks. The problem is, boys, there are other boy bands in the competition and they have the edge because they've been together longer. I've thought long and hard about this. We're in Vegas, but I'm not a gambling man. Until today, you were through. Louis a little tease, isn't he? Yeah, he loves it. Uh, and so Union J, yes, Duke, Duke were in there. Poisonous the other... Twin, Duke, Mitsotu, and Times Red. Yeah, Times Red were a boy band. Mm. Uh, and so Union J had progressed along with fellow boy bands GMD Three, who by the time of the live shows had changed their name to the less confusing District Three, mm-hmm. and Louis's wild card pick, which was Times Red. Uh, Times Red were eliminated at the start of the live shows in a public vote off. So basically they took the four wild cards and they had the public vote on which one to keep. Mm-hmm. And three were eliminated immediately. Uh, District Three uh, were eliminated in week six. This being the first time in a sing-off between the two bands. Because the, the bottom two were District Three, Union J. So they had yet another sing-off. Mm-hmm. Um Sorry, in yet another single. So the two bands were up against each other. Uh, Louis refused to vote for who was to go, to go, but Nicole Scherzinger and Gary Barlow both voted to lose District Three, uh, and Union J actually survived a sing-off with the other finalists before they were finally eliminated in the semi-final, having received the fewest votes from the public, meaning Union J finished fourth. I know that whole entire sentence then just made no fucking sense. (laughs) If you go back and listen to it slowly, it... It It made sense to me. But do you know who finished fifth? 
that no. season. Was it Ryland? Yes! I fucking love Ryland. Ryland! I, people forget he started on The X Factor as a contestant. Uh, soon after finishing fourth on The X Factor, they were signed to RCA Records. Oh. And in January 2013, headed to London to record their debut single, Carry You, and an album working with Steve Mack and Wayne Hefner. Oh, these names um, sound familiar. And the four boys all moved to a North London apartment complex to live and work together. Was it called? I don't know if it was Princess Park. Oh, I was going to say, I was really, it tried really hard. Park? Oh, funny. Uh, with the X Factor tour under belts, they soon announced their own tour called Magazines and TV Screens. Oh, which that would sounds be, very Jonasy, doesn't it? Yeah, which would be 18 <laughs> dates to take place in December 2013 and January 2014. Okay. Um, but it was around this time that they began looking at getting new management. Blair had worked well for them so far. I mean, I don't know that he'd done a lot. He'd just put them into X Factor. Mm. Um, but with global ambitions, they would need a much larger team. There was a possibility that boy band whisperer Louis Walsh would take them on. <laughs> and then a rumour that Arishay from JLS might do it. Oh. But they eventually signed with a company called Crown Talent, who managed Jesse J and the Sugar Babes. Right. Carry You was released in June 2013, reaching number six on the UK charts. Their second single, Beautiful Life, was released in October, reaching number eight, and was followed a week later by their album, creatively called Union J, which reached <laughs> number six. Um, in November that year, J.J. Hamlet's son Princeton was born. This was kind of a bit of a shock to everyone because they hadn't really openly had girlfriends yeah. in their magazines and all that kind of thing. All of a sudden here, he's got a kid. I mean, um, they're not all going to have girlfriends. Well, no, obviously not. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Their third single, which was Loving You Is Easy, was released, and apparently it was, for JJ knocking girls up everywhere. Um, <laughs> one girl, one I apologise. One, one baby. <laughs> uh, Loving You Is Easy was released in December and only reached number, do you want to guess? Oh, three, four. Oh, no. I mean, if we're going up one at a time, 50. we're going to be here a long time. Reaching number 196. Oh, shit. Following the end of their tour in January 2014, they headed into this. There has to be a reason for that. Yeah. They've gone like six and eight. There has to be one of these. We can't count it towards the charts because of X thing. Mm, yeah, maybe. That's weird. Following the end of their tour in January 2014, they headed into the studio to record their second album, telling the Daily Star that they hoped to have more involvement in writing the tracks for this one. They'd all written tracks for the first album, but none of it had made it onto the final mm. album that was put out. Um, they also launched a set of Union J dolls. Oh. I'm currently following them on eBay. Oh. <laughs> oh <laughs> See God. if we can't up your boy band doll collection. But I don't have space for more boy band dolls. And they also launched a sticker album in association with Panini. Now, I'm all for World Cup sticker albums. I think they're brilliant and I love them. Mm. I'm not quite sure how far you can take a sticker album for a four-piece boy band. Mm. Just saying. I mean, sure. In April 2014, they left RCA Records and signed with Epic. Their next single tonight, We Live Forever... Uh, taken from their second album, was released in August 2014, reaching number nine. This okay. again makes me think that number 196 is a f fucked up anomaly. A, a weird one, yeah. Um, and they was they followed this up with another single called You Got It All, which reached number two. Oh. Second album, which was also... Well, it was actually called... Second album, which was called You Got It All, the album, <laughs> uh, was released in December 2014. And despite heavy promotion via the album made to X Factor... 
it only reached number 29, selling just 15,000 copies in its first week. Uh, in April and May of 2015, they support the Vamps on their UK arena tour. The Vamps, we decided not a boy band, didn't we? Not a boy band. And at the end of 2015, George Shelley appears on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, finishing as runner-up to Vicky Thingy. Patterson. Thank you. From Geordie Shaw. Yes. George. Oh, I love George. And then in March 2016, George Shelley leaves Union J. Yeah. Uh, speaking exclusively to The Sun, Josh Cuthbert blamed George's departure on his changing manner following his stint on I'm a Celebrity. Cuthbert said, I would much rather have someone who wants to do it and is committed to do it. Mm. I'm not going to lose any sleep over him not being in the band. I mean, that's a bit harsh, but I mean, George obviously was like, I want to go off and do my own thing now. Yeah. He became a DJ. Yeah, George he? joined Capital Radio yeah. as breakfast presenter, which he did until april 2017 mm. he was replaced in union j by casey johnson mm. he's been in another x-factor boy band no i don't believe it the stereo kicks which oh, were yeah. another one of these we're going to put you in a band and you in a band and you in a yeah, band but the stereo kicks was like, like 92 of, of them there's like 12 of them and they were like a they looked like a youth group <laughs> no one knew what they were doing in may 2016 they headed to la to record their third album and they also announced another summer UK tour of Butlins. Oh. I'm just going to say, there's only three. Mm. How much of a tour can you fucking do of Butlins? Mm. Uh, that December, Jamie made his debut in Panto, playing Peter Pan in Hastings. And George Shelley released his debut EP called Originals. Mm. Uh, in April 2017, Casey Johnson left Union J after less than a year. And they made the decision to continue as a three-piece. So basically back to where they... Back to where exactly where they started. Yeah, exactly. Uh, On April the 28th, 2017, George Shelley's youngest sister was killed in a car accident whilst on a night out. And he's actually... YouTube him. He speaks very openly about the struggle he's had to deal with the grief and the depression that came around from losing his sister. He's he's so eloquent about it and having been in a very similar position to losing a sibling very suddenly Mm. that George, he actually, he opens up some rawness but makes you feel actually maybe people out there do understand what's happening. He's he's a great advocate for... It was a hit and run, wasn't it? She stepped out between two buses and was hit by a car. I don't think they ever called it a hit and run. Right. Um, I'm fairly certain that they openly said mm. it, like it wasn't the driver's fault. I think she was in a coma and then died a few days. Yeah. I mean, it was horrendous. Uh, in December 2017, George Shelley returned to the X Factor as a presenter alongside Stacey Solomon. Oh, on Extra Factor. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, in July 2018, Union J released single Alive, which reached number 166. Oh. And was followed up the next month with Dancing, which didn't even chart. Uh, that same month, George released his debut single, Technicolor, and also took the opportunity of the press that he received from this to come out as gay. Um, he'd previously said that he was bisexual. George is gay. Yeah. Oh, George is gay. I didn't know George was gay. I yeah. knew Jamie was gay. Uh, in August 2018, Josh married a model called Chloe Lloyd. Yes, he did. Uh, and in October, Josh Cuthbert quits Union J. Leaving now, leaving them as a duo of JJ Hamlet and Jamie Hensley, mm. who went on to release a single called Paralyzed in December, which also failed to chart. Oh, um, that same month, JJ Hamlet's son, who is called Princeton, 
he'd lived with his mother since the pair had separated back in 2015, was admitted to hospital in New York where she lived suffering from a rare brain condition uh, called Chiari malformation. Uh, But JJ alerted Children's Services to his belief that there was actually nothing wrong with his son, suggesting that his ex, Katerina Lopez, had Munchausen's by proxy. Oh, my God. And was exaggerating his condition to get herself attention. Uh, She then entered a six-month battle with Child Services to get her child the operation that he actually did need. Um, It didn't take place for six months while she fought the courts. She accused JJ of trying to divert attention away in order to protect his own image. Uh, Princeton had been through a series of operations across the US for his condition. She eventually got him the operation that he needed. Um, In January 2019, JJ and Jamie appeared on the fourth series of Celebrity Coach Trip. Oh, God. Uh, and in February 2019, Jamie announced, uh, Jamie was announced as the lead in the UK tour of Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Right. Uh, in March, the guys released an EP called Who Would Have Thought, which didn't chart. And last month, the Mail Online reported that Jamie was involved in a serious car crash driving home from performance of jo- Joseph. Um, he reassured everyone he's fine. It was the car was badly damaged he wasn't uh he's set to appear this year as the prince in a production of snow white in liverpool uh post boy band a couple of back to a couple of the, the boy bands we briefly passed um boy band brooklyn jason brock auditioned this will come as big news to you Amy. yeah big news big news jason brock auditioned for let it shine with gary barlow and now performs regularly in the west end and sang on gary barlow's solo tour in 2018 he did that's right yeah uh, ben whedon from Boy band Rewind. This was the Triple J that they ditched to join Blair and yeah. um Ben Whedon joined a new boy band called Bass, spelt normally. Um <laughs> he joined them in 2012 and they in 2013 they auditioned for X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Um X Factor Rivals District Three released an EP called District Three. In August 2013, but the trio of Greg West, Michael Parsons and Dan Ferrari Lane split up seven weeks later to pursue solo projects. Mm. Uh, After losing the services of Union J, Blair Dreeland was involved in the management of Britain's Got Talent finalist Bars and Melody. That's the the little rappers that rapped about bullying. They were really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who they are, yeah. Um, But almost immediately after Union J moved on to their new management team, Blair did too. And in 2013, Blair Dreelan... Auditioned for X Factor. Set up a new boy band. Oh, the other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, formed in 2013, they are... Ollie Garland, 19, from Bristol. 18-year-old Geordie Whitworth from Canvey Island in Essex. 17-year-old Ryan Robertson, also from Essex. Joey DeVries, 19, from Wales. And 19-year-old Andy Fowler from Stockport. During an interview in their early days, Joey said that the band would never do X Factor, saying, we want to try and make it on our own, the old school way. Yeah, right, mate. And so it was in 2014 that they found themselves auditioning for the X Factor. (laughs) Like one year later. It was against the advice of manager Blair, which kind of seems out of character, Blair. I don't want to call bullshit. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, they sang an original song called No, 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 which they told the show they'd written together. It's actually really good. So I've done a massive playlist for all the bands we talk about. Okay, cool. On a YouTube playlist. It's about an hour long. So after you've done four hours on the podcast, go and watch my playlist. Um, they got eliminated by Louis Walsh during the boot camp stage. Um, during the, they remember the hair used to have the six chair challenge. Yes. Um, but were brought back by Mel B as a wild card. Which, Mel B was she a stand-in judge? She was. Very, she was only there a year, wasn't she? But then again, did she do a whole season? What of we X-Men said about her? Gabrielle Union. I know, but I didn't realise that Mel B. Did sure, a whole... she did. Okay. I mean. I'm going to go out of no, the two of us. I feel like she stood in for Nicole because Nicole yeah. had commitments elsewhere. I'm going to say out of the two of us, the one that's going to know is not me. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, they got eliminated by Louis Walsh in the boot camp stage. Six stage blah, blah, blah. They were brought back by Mel B as a wild card, which, according to the Sun newspaper, left X Factor fans fuming because this put them into the finals without having taken part in a judge's house heat. And they labelled them as just a One Direction tribute band. And they actually do look like One Direction. (laughs) Like down to a man. Um, Mm. You know, one of them's got the Harry hair. One Mm. looks fucking ridiculous. Um, Due to copyright issues with their name. um, Sorry, they're called Overload, by the way. I don't think I said that. Mm. Boy band Overload. Due to copyright issues with their name. Because Overload are already an established punk band. Mm. They changed it to be Overload Generation. That's absolutely horrendous. (laughs) Right. But Little Mix did that as well because they were put together. They were rhythmics. Yeah. And they had to change it because there was already some, I don't know, something else. So. mm. Uh, Triple J changed to Union J. GMD3 changed to District 3. Like Mm. no one's really set on their fucking Triple J is a rock radio station in Australia. Is it? Yeah. Really famous one. I just burped at that point. You might want to cut that out. (laughs) Um, Overload Generation came 15th, getting off, booted off. Overload Generation came 15th, getting booted after what was actually a really good performance of Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, hmm. but coming second in the public vote, you know, because it's the ones that are fuming that are voting for uh, who gets knocked off. Mm. Fuming X Factor fans. <laughs> um, following their elimination, they said, we're obviously a bit deflated right now, but we're going to pick ourselves up. And one thing I've learned from our manager is that we're never going to give up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've they, met your manager. Yeah. <laughs> And also, that is such a standard X Factor line. This is not the last you'll see of us. It's like, it probably is, mate. Uh, Joey DeVries quit first. Oh, good. Quickly followed by Geordie Whitworth Mm. wanting to pursue his acting career. This through the release of their single, which was due out in April, which was No, 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 Into Jeopardy. Uh, In September 2016, a Twitter war blew up between Overload Generation fans and their now former manager, Blair Dreelan. Oh, um, this was over the single, right? And and they were basically wanted they they started a petition to have him no longer be their manager. You know, one of these like change.org things. That's so funny. How it's many so did they get? I don't know. Like five. And um, Geordie went on to appear in Channel 4's Stage School and has released two singles in the US and done a bit of modelling work. Uh, Overload played a reunion show at the O2 in Islington in 2017. A whole two years. Okay. That's almost as short as our hiatus. <laughs> uh, Blair Drillin took what remained of Overload and... Oh, don't tell me. He either formed another boy band with them or he got them to audition for X Factor or both. 
pick one. Another boy band Clock thing. Is ticking, yep. Lady Julian <laughs> took what remained of Overload and turned them into a new boy band. <laughs> of course he did. Fuck it up. Setting hell. them up in a one bedroom flat in Princess Park. Slough. Oh. Blair took Overload's Andy and set about making a whole new boy band. At first to join Andy was Ryan Beaumont from Somerset. Somerset. Uh, he's known as Rye. He's a free running enthusiast. Cool. Uh, in 2015, they were joined by 17-year-old Brooklyn Wyatt Gibson, who's known as Brooke. Mm. He is also from Essex. He notes his inspiration as NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. I mean, whose Your inspiration 50% is not right. Yeah. <laughs> in November 2015, they were joined by Mikey Cobbin from Bristol. He had previously been in a boy band called State of Mind with Ryan Beaumont. Um, I think that's another Blair Drillen product but I didn't really look back into them. I've just, at this point, I was so fucking up to here with <laughs> boy bands. Um, lost to join, and the baby of the band is Jack Duff from Ireland. Jack began uploading songs to his YouTube channel when he was just 11 and had competed in Britain's Got Talent in 2013 as part of a duo called Jack and Cormac. Mm. They finished third. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, Jack Duff doesn't sound at all like an Irish name. And then that he was in a duo called Jack and Cormac. I'm like, oh, he's the most yeah. Irish man ever, isn't he? Uh, these five together formed Blair Drillen's latest and still happening boy band who are... Road Trip. Yeah. Where, where I started this endless fucking journey was looking up Road Trip to see who they were and could I help Amy understand them. And where did they come from? In 2017, Road Trip released an EP called Miss Taken. Oh. Uh, in 2018, they released a single called Take This Home and went on a tour of the UK. Mm. Uh, Mikey Cobbin left in May 2019 and was replaced a month later by Ryan Robertson. He'd previously been in Overload Generation. Mm. Uh, Ryan Robertson is now known as Sonny. Because there's also another Rye in the band already and it's just too confusing. Yes, it is. At this point, I fucking agree, seriously. Yeah, I completely agree, yeah. Um, Of their viral status, Rye told CelebMix.com last month, we made a conscious effort from the start of the band to do things the old school way. No big outside investment or labels. We wanted to see what we could do ourselves. Um, They released an EP called Dynamite early this year and it knocked Taylor Swift off the top spot for pre-orders. Um, now, the thing with Road Trip is they're social media heavy. So they literally post every fit and fart of their day on yes, social media. Which like, is why I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. yeah. And I get why it's for, I don't want to go millennials again, but why oh, yes, it's we feeding into that generation. <laughs> and, and they're hugely popular. Unsigned. Um, Bledulin now also works with an artist called Harvey. Oh, MC Harvey. No, not him. Okay. Oh my God, could you fucking imagine? <laughs> if it all came back to AFC Wimbledon. Oh my God. Um, Harvey's quite a success and he receives quite a lot of uh, criticism from the roadies, which is what Road Trip call their fans, for spending too much time on Harvey and another female act he's got that are bigger than Road Trip. They say right. like he's too focused on them and he's not pushing for Road Trip. But And they are cute guys, but they're... They're not taking the world by storm in really Union J way. They're not. A, no. But they're fun and I will. They can't be pointed. They've not had anything that charts. They've been together a couple of years, but they're not. They're not going to storm to the top of the ultimate boy band chart, but they seem fun oh. and I can see why they have over a million followers on YouTube. Yeah, okay. 
they're like they're a good like if I was a teenage girl now, mm. I'd be into them. Well, you would. Um, at one point, Blair caused a bit of a shitstorm on Twitter with the fans because the fans would go, he's got them house kind of near a park in Windsor mm. and he caused a shitstorm saying, like, we're going to get evicted if you keep showing up. No one can come down to the house. And the fans freaked out at him. So he's not... Bearing in mind his entire, his last... So Overload Generation were also big social media users and that's right. how they gained a big following before the X Factor. That makes sense. He's not necessarily the most social media friendly mm. person to have as their manager. Yeah. But still, like, I'd never heard of this guy before. I feel all. like looking at the pictures of him with E17, I feel like I've seen those pictures before because I've... Is that I, just though because he's wearing a woolly hat and big glasses? No, no, because the rest of E17 look like E17 and he's there with his big biceps and his hat and his hairless chest in a low V-cut T-shirt. And I remember looking at it and thinking, what a cock. I um, I love that he was with E17 for two, maybe three months, but everything written about him leads, leads with former E17 lead singer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> every time I went, the fuck about Brian? Like, seriously, man. Yeah. Can't forget about Brian. We need to talk about Brian. We talked about Brian. <laughs> He's been at it again, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was this week's... Boy Band of the Week. Boy Bands. Boy bands of the Did we the do a weeks? tally? I'm going to go through now and tally up how many boy bands we've just eliminated from our to-do list. And then also what we're pointing Union Joe. Oh, yeah. Pointing. Okay. Back right after this. Okay, we're back to point Union J. Uh, we're going to point all of them, actually. Oh. So we have, coming into this week's chart, I feel a bit like a... Gary Davis. <laughs> uh, fourth base, M4, Boulevard. Sorry, we decided Boulevard. <laughs> Brooklyn, Rewind, Union J, District 3, Overload, Generation and Road Trip. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's been a wild ride, Amy. It has. It really has. And we have to start right at the very top of our chart, unsurprisingly. Uh, in joint 60th place. <laughs> Oh, Boulevard, Boulevard, yep. Brooklyn, Rewind, and Eurovision Boy Band, Too Tricky. Um, I'm then going to skip through to joint 49th place, where we find Road Trip, Overload Generation, M4, 4th Base, and District 3 stroke GMD3. Okay. Uh, at number 48 is Europe- Eurovision Boy Band Anti-Social Media, 47 is for sure, 46 scandal, 45 soft engine, 44 fortune, 43 <laughs> Joe and Jake, 42 bang, that's a Eurovision one, mm-hmm. 41 no name, 40 Eden, 39 future proof, 38 one, 37 is X Factor band, Eaton Road, 36 D Nash, 35 Cosmos, 34 Premier Minister. <laughs> uh, at number 33, Take 5. At uh, number 32 is Avenue, another X Factor boy band. Mm-hmm. 31 is 3SL. And heading into our top 30, we have One True Voice. 29 VIP at number 28, Element. Element. Uh, 27, Upside Down at 26, Us 5. And at 25, Edin Adol. 
at 20 fix is 20, 20 fix, fix. <laughs> sorry 20 fix so is tight. six at 24 is fix at 23 it'll volo at 22, The Herries. At 21, X Factor Band, The McDonald Brothers. And at number 20, Arvin Garner. At number 19 is V. Number 18, The Neutrons. Number 17, Journey South. And at number 16, Our Big Fun. At number 15, this week's Boy Band of the Week. Kind of. Union J. At number 14 is LFO. At number 13, EYC. Yeah. At number 12, BB Mac. And 11 is Damage, heading into our top 10, which remains the same. Mm-hmm. Number 10, Human Nature. Nine, Another Level. Eight, PJ and Duncan. Okay. At seven is Criss Cross. And at number six is Bross. At number five is... Freeve. At number four, The Jonas Brothers. And number three, Busted. At number two, The Bay City Rollers. And at number one... McFly! And that's it. What a fucking wild ride. Yeah, I mean, it's one twenty-two in the morning. Shut up, is it? Yes, it is. And I have to go to work tomorrow, so... Oh. Bugger. <laughs> well, let's head off. Let's call it a night. Been a very wild ride. More string theory in some future episode. And we'll speak to you again really soon. Thanks for listening. Follow uh, us on our socials. Which is um, The Boy Band Pod on Twitter. Uh, I'm with The Boy Band on Instagram. Or you can find us on Facebook. You are looking for the group which you have to request to join. That's where all the discussion goes down. And you can also, if you're enjoying what we're doing, you can support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash boyband. It really helps us out. It really does. Or feel free to email us at theboybandpod at gmail.com. If you're looking for a special Christmas outfit. Oh. Don't forget that you can buy I'm With The Boy Band's t-shirts. You can. Okay. (laughs) So join us again sometime soon to find out if McFly hang on to that top spot. But it's not about the boy band that falls at the top of our chart. I did that wrong again, didn't I? But it's not the boy band that falls at the top of our chart that's the ultimate boy band. It's the one that was there for you when you needed them most. And got you from there. To here. Boy band you later. Bye.